Three show with me, Noreen Mayer, on this Thursday afternoon. I'd like to welcome back on the program Andrew Dambina. Andrew, it's great to speak to you again. How, how are you today? Good, thank you, Noreen. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I figured out after all this time to use the phone lines in the studio. Well, it's a new, it's a new thing, isn't it? After all of those months over in Admiralty. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we just get so used to using Zoom or like using WhatsApp calls or other technology, which is actually more difficult. <laughs> this is a more straightforward one, but because there are just so many phones lying around, you just have to figure out which one is one. It, that, that's for the output. Anyway, I'm glad An to report. An old-fashioned landline, is it, Noreen? It is. Uh, well, sort of. You know, who, who has? Yeah. Do Do you still have a landline at home? No. Not for not for a good couple of years now, two or three years, I reckon. What about you? No, but I miss it. I, I miss that, you know, just yeah. having, yeah, just, I don't know who I'd call on the landline, though, because with mobile phones, it's so much easier. You just have all the phones, phone number remembered, I mean, on the contact oh, yeah. list. You don't have to rem memorize well, any phone numbers. But that's a problem, too, isn't it, though, if your phone dies or if you leave it at home. But, uh that's another problem. Exactly. That's another conversation. Exactly. Yeah. So, this yeah. week for yeah. Art Sing Around, I'm excited. You sent me okay. loads of pictures. Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> Clogged up your WhatsApp ga photo gallery there, haven't I? Love I it. I know, went a bit overboard today, sorry. Um, well, uh, a couple of stories from overseas we'll start with, and then we'll go to just one interesting contemporary thing that's happening locally. Uh, starting off in the UK. In fact, our first two stories are UK-based. The current surge of COVID-19 infections that we're hearing about in the news, I'm sure, uh, in the UK, you know, terrible figures a couple of days ago, it was the second highest in the world after India. Not sure where it is exactly today. But um, the government has still kept a number of indoor restrictions, despite its uh, so-called Freedom Day that started earlier this week on Monday. Um, there are restrictions in certain, well, it's artsing around this week, so we're talking about where those restrictions are in arts venues. And it's taking its toll in central London theatre performances, which I'm going to explain a bit about. Um, a little over a month ago, you and I had a bit of a chat about how theatre and performance, dance and things, it's about a month and a half ago that things had really taken back to the stage and numbers were allowed to increase in places like the South Bank Centre and different places that we mentioned. Uh, but now that's uh, all been turned on its head. A, a high-profile new debut musical was halted at the 11th hour a few days ago, just one day before Andrew Lloyd Webber's much-anticipated Cinderella musical, a brand-new musical for him, was slated to open in London's West End. Uh, and it was two days that uh, after a cast member tested positive for coronavirus. But it's not just because of the coronavirus in his cast that he shut this down. It was to do with the restrictions that are still going on in auditoriums that make it really difficult for uh, production companies to go ahead. The, the well-known composer and producer announced on Monday this week then that uh, the opening night would be delayed. And he said, I've been forced to take the heartbreaking decision not to open my Cinderella, the impossible conditions created by the blunt instruments that is the government's isolation guidance means we can't continue. Um, Lloyd Webber's company announcement uh, that the show's opening was delayed uh, but not cancelled, it will hopes to go ahead later, was because of the impossibility, he says, of being able to make ends meet, uh, having only 50% of the auditorium filled. So that's what they're allowed at the moment for 
be at her dance or other type of on-stage live performances, the British government has uh, kept or changed its rules. It's made it slightly harsher because of rising uh, COVID numbers to have only 50% capacity. So he has threatened a month ago in uh, across media in one interview that he gave. This is Andrew Lloyd Webber, the producer and uh, and uh, playwright, that he would put on Cinderella, in his words, come hell or high water, even if he faced arrest for doing so. But he pulled back finally at the beginning of this week from his plan because he found out that the audience and the cast and the crew would all risk fines, not just him, if he did that by breaching British coronavirus rules. So a bit about the production. It's based not on the old fairy tale story, although it is, of course, but it's a, an a adaptation, uh, a new rewriting of the story by Oscar-winning and TV award-winning screenwriter Emerald Fennell, hmm. who is British. She's, she's British. I don't know if you've heard of her, but... No, but nice name, though. Uh, Cool name. Emerald fennel. Fennel, <laughs> a fragrant vegetable name, yeah. <laughs> um, she's most widely known, even though it was an American set uh, drama, for a script writing for the TV series Killing Eve, oh, which is a very, very popular oh, yeah. one. Yeah. Um, but she's British, which is funny, because that's set in America. But, it has, but Killing Eve is actually a BBC production. Occasionally it's weird, isn't it, when yeah. one country far away from another sets a drama in another country. Imagine the amount of research that has to go on if it's not only doorstep. Um, but um, the Hong Kong dollar equivalent then of 64 million Hong Kong dollars uh, has been spent on the what was meant to debut this week show uh, just to date so far, and it's all ground to a halt. A British actress called Carrie Hope Fletcher, another very British name, sort of a triple barrel or double barrel surname, yeah. Hope Fletcher, in the title role had been in previews for a month already. They've got it rolling as a trial for a month, doing half, uh, sort of 50% capacity theatre auditoriums. I, did, I sent you a picture of the Cinderella cart. It's, it's very, very bright and uh, kind of upbeat looking, isn't it? It's very fairy tale, a bit like sort of, I don't know. It's very, there's a lot of interesting. Um, stage and backdrop materials that are used. A lot of very kind of 21st century uh, metallic type of uh, uh, tones that are used on the flooring and the walls, which looks pretty cool. That's a that, that's a, uh, a a shot from the uh, uh, the, the time that the, um, the the one month half capacity fill auditoriums were going on. But they expected these numbers to be allowed to be at least. 75% or 80% because Freedom Day has announced, um, you know, they were anticipating that under this, the relaxation of so many rules, which happened on Monday, has been much publicised internationally, that they would have a, they, they would have more people allowed into that theatre space. So it's not only this play or, or musical, I should say, that has suffered. I'll just mention a couple of others. Uh, in London's West End, Productions of Hairspray at the London Coliseum, Romeo and Juliet at Shakespeare's Globe Theatre. They have all had to grind to a halt too for one reason or another. Some of them are to do with cast members catching COVID and that it's kind of put them off rather than the numbers that are allowed to watch the productions. And in London's Riverside Studios, uh, their play, the Browning version, 
which had been set to open starring Kenneth Branagh, has been cancelled rather than postponed. That's not going ahead at all. So despite the rise that has driven, uh, you know, England, England in particular, as as opposed to the whole of the UK, to an average of 40,000 or so COVID cases per day, which which doubles from the numbers that were just two, three weeks ago, there has been... Uh, you know, there's been a lot of celebration of Freedom Day and uh, some of the arts thought that they would be taking a slice of this. So Cinderella was ready to go, said Lloyd Webber in, uh, the, at the end of a statement that he made on Monday. My sadness for the cast and the crew and the loyal audience and the industry I've been fighting for is impossible to put into words. Yeah, it's so disappointing when you've just, mm. yeah, just got the whole cast. Um, but just on, on, on the sort of uh, easing off restrictions in the UK yeah. and, and the controversy of it, I, I was looking at a graph uh, provided uh, by coronavirusdata.gov.uk um, and yeah. it's interesting that while the level of, inf- while the number of cases have risen in the past mm. sort of couple of weeks, I must say that the, 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 the number of deaths, you know, the graph That's for right. that has been sort of flattened. It's been yeah. flat for really, really, well, flattish for, for, for a, a fairly long time. So it That's seems right. like it's... That's what a lot of people are saying. Yeah. Um, who, who so are hard to balance. I mean, when, yeah, when do you, yeah, stop going back to, well, well uh, the, the new, that. new normal? I don't yeah. know. I mean, among among the people over a certain teenage age group who are more prone to catch COVID and it be a problem because mm. those uh, from teenage years and under are believed to uh, get over it faster and not have such uh, uh, health problems with it. Uh, it. You know, it's 70 or so percent that are inoculated over there, isn't it? And so yeah. I guess that's, that's what they were trying to do. But it seems that the breaks have been quietly put on because I hadn't heard about you know, certain restrictions still staying in place, and we, we learn about it happening in the arts now. So, uh, moving from that, but also in the UK, with a link to theatre again, sort of, sort of, because it concerns the old classroom of Britain's best-known playwright, William Shakespeare. Uh, new research has emerged that suggests that paintings of the Last Supper scene, starring Jesus Christ and his key disciples... And were Judas... Indeed, the M as well, were once painted as a fresco, that is a mural that's mixed with pigments and paint into the walls plaster in an old classroom at the school that William Shakespeare attended. And scholars believe that the 15th century decorative artwork was whitewashed in the Tudor era where a lot of Roman Catholic imagery was destroyed at that time during the whole kind of War of the Roses era. The, um, the building in Stratford-upon-Avon, which is where Shakespeare spent his life, really, had served over centuries as various different, in various different capacities. It was a town hall at one point, a courtroom, a school, a theatre, and it's still used by a school that, that's right next door to it today. And I sent you a picture, Noreen, of um, the top of a mural you can see for those listening we have a very tudor beamed room in stratford on avon so you've got a whitewashed wall with vertical and horizontal wooden beams built into the plaster and at the top of some strips of the wall uh, just about apparent fading are some shields with faces on them and this is one of the classrooms that william shakespeare himself would have been 
Um, I, uh, well, I can't say for sure that he would have had a class in that very room, but he would have been familiar with that room because it was part of his school. And an architectural historian, Jonathan Foyle, believes that um, fragments of this 15th century mural are symbolic of the Last Supper. There is a stripy mural that was on there, and I've also sent Noreen a picture. The professor who researched it, Jonathan Foyle, is a bit of an artist himself. He's actually painted a scene that's his painting, Noreen, with the, with the red and white striped backgrounds, and at the top of them there are shields, and the face in the centre is Jesus Christ, and to his left and his right... There are the yeah. There are the faces of of his apostles, apostles who would have been at the Last Supper. And sitting <sighs> in front of that uh, image, though, is not. This is not what the whole painting would have been. The actual mural is basically a decorative medieval red and white stripes, alternate stripes with shields with the apostles at the top of it. His painting, the professor's painting, shows what it would have looked like in medieval times with medieval teachers or town hall people in its different uses of this, this particular room, having a meal in front of the mural as it was. So the mural itself was a kind of a stripy decorative one with all of those faces at the top of the stripes. And the, the professor painted the way it would, would have been used at the time. And right now on in Stratford-on-Avon, if people are um, able to go in in numbers, and I think in the, with the kind of freedoms that have been lifted, I'm sure it's open right now. There are um, the paintings of both the professor and also the remnants of the murals can be examined. And they go back to um, the early 1400s, that is, you know, 15th century, as, as I mentioned. The foil is also suggesting that the professor foil, that is, a date of 1422 for another painting that would have been painted on a wall in another room in the same building because you can see there and i haven't sent you a picture of this because it wasn't uh available online but there's an image that he has uncovered of john the baptist which survives from another wall mural in a different room as i say which actually served as a chapel but what he has done and i did send noreen this picture and this is a, a painting that's being exhibited in the building at the moment is a, is a painting of what that chapel would have looked like. And, uh, Noreen, that's the one the, with the altar. With the beams. With, yeah, there's a beam. There's a, there's a blue, almost like a kind of night sky blue uh, colour that goes across the ceiling. Yeah. There is um, an altar with some green... Pa there's a green panel with Christ in the centre, other decorative panels around with uh, other holy figures from Christ's family and apostles around him. And... The, the, the crucifixion, yeah, yeah. The, the crucifixion scene that is also in that chapel uh, it is is one remnant that the professor has worked from that and other fragments around the wall to come up with this painting. It is fascinating. This the research has been going on since 2015. That's some funding that professor must have got through. Yeah, <laughs> six years <laughs> worth, uh, to knock up a couple of paintings and uh, no, no. I mean it's, it's amazing work. It must be. Absolutely, but still, the funding. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah, six, very. <laughs> six, six years of employment, and it's um, yeah, and uh, it's but it's. It, it, I'd love to go and see this if it's if it, you know if it, if I was able to kind of teleport myself over to Stratford on mm. Avon. 
it, uh, it does sound like an amazing thing to see. Um, so those are, those are two from the UK. And I have one interesting thing that's happening locally because I thought it might be all that I had time for with those two slightly longer than usual segments we've just discussed. There's something very now that is happening in Hong Kong and it's happening at K1 Art Mall. I haven't mentioned this place before as a visual arts venue. Uh, it's been serving as that for about a year or so. If people aren't familiar with where that is, it's about a five-minute stroll along the Chim Sa Choi Promenade from the Hong Kong Art Museum toward in the direction of Hong Hum. The, they have a couple of venues in there. They've been putting on some interesting exhibitions, actually, over the last year when they've been open and allowed to do so. This particular one which is going to be in the basement. It's on. It's just started in the basement venue because they also have another much bigger venue, which is on an upper floor. So basically, you've got the basement. There's one venue where they have more contemporary, edgy type of exhibits on. And then there's an upper floor level. I think it's about level seven or eight where they have other shows on, which are a bit more kind of regular fine art, sculpture, painting, uh, sometimes more modern installations. But the one that we're talking about today, it's a, uh, it's a collaboration between the venue, that's K1R Mall, and a company called Nine Gag, which is a meme-sharing platform. Uh, they're launching and it's a together Hong a... Kong one. Nine, yeah, it's a Hong Nine Kong. Gag started in Hong Kong, yeah. yeah. You know it, yeah? You, you're familiar with that yeah, one, yeah? Yeah, yeah, it yeah. Did. It's, a, it's, locally, yeah it's locally based. Um, have you have you met the people? Have you met the people or done an interview with them before? Do no, they, no, I haven't. But, but they familiar. were friends with a contributor who used to be on the one, two, three show. So, yeah, ah, yeah, very right, cool. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, they're kind of an aggregator, I guess, in a way, because they on their uh, online portal they have a lot of local focus. They did. They're based here, but they also aggregate different memes and uh, make them shareable on their platform and you know you can easily share them on other social media uh, across uh, all the usual social media so they've they've, they've become uh, they've come together in, in an unusual type of uh, it's a first for hong kong actually to have a physical meme exhibition most of them are humorous so we're finishing up today on a you know on a, on a light note not that our first two were that heavy to be honest but well maybe closing of or not the, uh, closing down of uh, shows in, in uh, theaters is not so cheerful <laughs> but um but the the uh going to see some funny memes uh, is, is the best thing to finish on isn't it and it's um uh, it's an unusual audiovisual collaboration then the two parties have selected some of the internet's most viral local and global memes in different forms. They've made some of them just for the sake of having an exhibition with some mm. info board into still images that you can actually get a bit of background and walk around without being scrolling through a tiny phone screen and checking out uh, memes. Of course, you could be looking on other larger desktop devices or even your TV these days, couldn't you, on smart TV, uh, or plugging in something into the side of it to make it show what's on your phone. But the point is, without having a glaring screen, you can actually find out some information here. But there are plenty of also computer terminals made available, uh, plus other screens where a rotating number of interesting animations from GIFs or GIFs, I'm always asking how that's pronounced and everyone has a different opinion on it, or there are, there are sculptures, 3D figures, and there are even some kind of sense around fragrances around 
in different parts of the gallery, so oh. to stimulate other senses. That are, that are matching. Like, you know, like you have a food and drink pairing. This is fragrance pairing with some of the art. So that um, it's not, they don't make a big deal out of this, but it's just to put a different mood into different parts to stimulate the senses for a few seconds while going from one section to another. And they want to show the history of some of the memes that have gone on. So you've got something like, uh, that. I sent you pictures of these, Success Kid from 2007. It's a baby holding a fistful of sand that his mum took and uh, and put it on Flickr, and it became a meme because it looks like he's saying, "Come on, you can do it." Yeah, That's yeah, the kind yeah, yeah. of yeah. So it's called the Success Kid, and uh, there's another one oh, from 2010. Wow. Yeah, it's interesting actually. Getting a history oh, of memes. Oh, the lady who looks at the yeah. Oh, that's a very famous one as that's well. Classic. Yeah. It's, it's known. It's known as distracted boyfriend. Oh yeah, it's yeah. A, it's, it's a photo from. 2015 by a Spanish photographer that shows the back of a couple walking away as they pass another single girl and the boyfriend of the couple it has turned back and is looking at the viewer to get a good old look at her back view of the girl he's just passed while his girlfriend looks at him like what are you looking at my man and uh, it is a famous one and um, there's there are so many versions of this I've sent Noreen a couple of versions and they've got a, a number of them there uh, just really quickly, another one to mention, very famous in the world of memes, is um, Wojak, who is also known in, uh, in English slang as Feels Guy. And I say English slang because Wojak is a Polish name. It's a character from 2010, simple black and white drawings, black line on white background, expressing emotions from Poland, from an artist over there. It was a big hit in the early meme days around 2010. Um, any, uh, many, many more that I won't have time to mention now. But other highlights of the exhibition are more interactive things. There's Snappio Photo Booth. Snappio is a brand from Korea that has lots of zany effects that you can put in or out, much more than normal photo booths that you can step into. There are limited edition um, uh, credit cards with memes on them. There's exclusive merch. And there's even a, a meme game uh, that has Hong Kong-style humour. That's a Hong Kong brand of meme game. And, the, and there's a, this is a bit of a mad one. There's a meme temporary tattoo shop. So maybe you could get Success Baby or um, Distracted Boyfriend put on your arm as a temporary tattoo print. <laughs> so there's a lot, a lot going on there. So Sounds like quite a lot of fun. And um, it's, so it's, K, it's in the K1 Art Mall uh, in the basement. Don't get there before 12 noon because it's on from 12 noon till 10 p.m. every day uh, until the 5th of September. And you can find out more at hk.k11.com. Excellent. Uh, well, Andrew, yeah. always a pleasure to, to have you on the program. Thank you so much uh, for your sharing uh, this week. Are, are you going to any arty things this weekend? I actually would quite like to really briefly pop in, and I may do this on Saturday, to, uh, to that K11 Artmore, because I will be in Kowloon Tong, not plugging my own show, of course, on Radio 3, but I, as, I, as, I, as I come you back to well, Central, yeah. where I have to get a ferry, why not drop into TST? Check Ex out some of these memes. Exactly. Um, yeah. Take a few photos and, and post them on, on, on your social media. Memes yeah, I will do. Are, and, and there are meme generators as well on the internet. They're a lot of fun. I, I've used a few myself. 
Yeah, I've seen, I know what you mean. I've seen some of those. Yeah, yeah. I haven't tried them, though. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Andrew, always a pleasure to have you on the programme. Thank you so much. And uh, let's chat again next week. And have, have a great week. weekend. Have a great show. Bye for now. Uh, thank you. Have a good weekend. You Bye. too. Bye.